Welcome to Best Friend Simulator, a quality hangout in podcast form with your simulated best friends, Josh and Dennis. All right, Dennis. Uh, you guys, you guys stoked out there? The, yeah. The Eagles. Buddy Miles won it. Led you guys to a no. championship. No, buddy, no. He and he and Donovan McNabb. Uh, when's the last time that you watched a football game? Let me. Can I rephrase that? Have you ever watched a football game? Yes. <laughs> that that didn't sound confident. That makes maybe me think you maybe never watched one. Maybe. Th- Three times in my life I've watched football games. Okay. So Buddy Ryan is I'm pretty sure he's dead. Oh. I'm sorry to hear that. Don Donovan McNabb retired t- probably ten years ago. What did you call him? Don Donamig? Donovan Donovan McNabb. Okay. Now we got a whole new crop of players. Yes. Cole but Hamels. The Eagles. Cole Hamels was on the Phillies. That's a baseball team. He got traded a couple years ago. But the e- but Josh, what you're referring to is obviously the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles, the town, me, Dennis, that I broadcast from. The Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl last night. I did, did end up I did end up watching the Super Bowl, if you were confused, if you were wondering. Mostly because I wanted to eat nachos. Yeah, we, we discussed this last episode. All right, uh, did, all right. Did you eat the nachos? Oh, hells yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Do you think your um, nacho eating affected the outcome of the game in any way? Yeah, it made me burp a lot while I watched it. Okay. Oh, you mean like you mean like a superstition kind of thing? Yes. No. Okay. I don't Fine. I don't believe in that. It, it should be noted that we are actually recording this episode a day late because you were very you were smart enough to realize that if mm-hmm. we had recorded yesterday, it would have been nothing but screaming. Oh, it was screaming. I mean, we probably would have recorded it before it before all the nonsense happened, but I was still like part of me was like I want to watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. But there was screaming. There were fireworks all night. Uh, there were horns honking. Mm-hmm. And when I opened the window of my bedroom, you could just hear like madness across the city after the, the Super Bowl. And it went on until like, I guess the Super Bowl got done at like 930. And it went on until like midnight. Yeah helicopters everything seemed pretty intense just from what i what i saw out here oh yeah but i i have to say i mean obviously i don't care about sports or whatever but i was actually kind of stoked about the whole thing just because philly was so stoked and it it really made me miss philly and and that's kind of like what i talked about maybe last week or or recently where it's like okay you know like I'm I'm not the hugest football fan. I know a lot of my friends, including yourself, are not even sports fans. But you gotta 
you kind of got to get into it when the whole city is like really happy because especially in Philadelphia, it's not like Seattle where people are just happy to be alive in Philadelphia. It's like <laughs> people are grinding. They don't, they're, you know, they're usually miserable. Yeah. I think we have higher suicide rates than you, but I think the, I mean, I believe that, but I, it no, seems the, like when you're in Seattle, people are just like, Hey, Philly. It's, it's a beautiful place. That's my Seattle impression. I don't know how accurate that is. Uh, I I will say that when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl championship uh, a few years ago, Mm -hmm. there was some footage of how everybody here went buck wild by all running out and waiting at crossing lights. What am I saying? Waiting at... First, you said Super Bowl championship, which which really proved that you don't watch sports and... uh, (laughs) Crossing lights. And then you said crossing lights. Traffic lights. Or traffic lights. Uh, they were lights. all out on foot. And I, I saw multiple videos. This happened across the city where they would be just a giant congregation of people running down the street. They'd get to a red light and wait. And then when the light turned green, they'd continue. So that's that's how Seattle does it. Uh, mm-hmm. See, that's how things are a little different here in Philly. Uh, we just tear the traffic lights down. Yes. Tear them down. Uh, so collapse yeah. awnings of hotels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you eat horse doo doo. Yeah. So someone was filmed eating horse shit. I'm assuming the person was intoxicated. <laughs> uh, you know, how do you like? How do you tell that story? Like, like, you know, do you have a kid? And like, your kid's like. Dad, were you there when the Eagles won the Super Bowl? I was like, uh, uh, no, I, bet, I wasn't, I was sick. I bet that motherfucker is proud as shit. Literally. Yeah, literally. He's, he's as proud as the <sighs> shit that he ate off of the street. And, you know, that's actually not too, that's like that and like a car got flipped on its side. Um, that's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if the reports are in about how many people were murdered but it seems like it wasn't too terrible i only saw one thing on fire and it wasn't a large thing so that's not okay. bad i saw as of this morning there were a lot of injuries but i think no fatalities that were connected to the sports riot yeah i think i think the injuries were probably from people falling off light poles that they kept trying to climb up or when they made that awning of the hotel collapse oh and that yeah yeah yeah, yeah they were bouncing off of the awning of a very fancy hotel near city hall and um so there are videos of like one or two people bouncing on this awning and then there was a video of about 25 people on the awning and then the awning collapsed yeah because <laughs> that's what happens oh boy but no i'm stoked about it uh philly is a city that uh, i think the way i i always tried to describe it to people out here was that like there's a lot of shitty stuff about living in Philly, but the one cool thing about it was that everybody had this we're all in it together attitude. Yeah. You know? So, and I think looking at how nuts everybody went really is a good demonstration mm-hmm. of that. Just just watching everybody celebrating together. Like, it made me definitely very homesick for Philly. Hmm. Yeah. Like I said before, you only see it when, like, the sports teams are doing really well. It's like, hey, yeah, yeah, people are actually talking to each other. Or like when it snows, like, huh, can you believe this bullshit? But other than that, nobody gives a shit about anything. 
So in like a week, we'll go back to our just being meaningless existences. <laughs> yeah. But before the Eagles won, I was already feeling really hostile this week. I don't know why. I think I'm just miserable. I was having a particularly bad day on Thursday. Okay. So I left work and I, I went to the deli near my work to get myself a sandwich, as I like to do. Okay. And this is like the two weeks of just really weird, like, interactions with people in the world. So I'm waiting I'm waiting for my sandwich. You know, I go to this place once, usually once a week. It's run by this nice Asian, older Asian couple. And this younger dude works the grill. So this guy walks in and already, uh, like, this just, he's just a little too hyper. Mm-hmm. He's like walking in and he's just like looking around frantically. And there's like two big menus on the wall. Like you can't miss it. And they have like these combos. And he's just like, ah, uh, what am I going to have? Uh, uh, combos. I'm like, what the, like, just keep it to yourself. Like, this is, I don't like when people do this. I don't like when people talk out loud like that. Cause it means they're, they're, they're looking for interaction. I'm oh, not into yeah, it. Yeah. Like, I got on the bus a couple weeks ago, and this guy gets on, he's just, like, just, like, perusing everybody on the bus, waiting to see who he meets eyes with just to talk to. And just, like, look, I, like, I understand, like, you're feeling lonely, something's going on, but I, just let me ride the bus, man. I don't want to have some meaningless small talk with you. Anyway, in the deli. Been there. Yeah. It's so hard to get people to talk to you on the bus. you're always trying to get people to talk to you how about these eagles and the guys are like oh man what seattle dude i want i want to talk about the seahawks hey a bird's a bird (laughs) would you record one of these conversations next time i I will (laughs) so so the guy walks in he's just like yeah what am i gonna have he goes uh uh you got bulgogi you got bulgogi Bulgogi. You got bulgogi. So now, beef bulgogi. Wait, now, is this, now was he like alternating pronunciations like that? Yes. Okay. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Now, for people don't don't know, beef bulgogi is a Korean dish. That's like bibimbap, beef bulgogi. That's their like main dishes. This place is a fucking deli <laughs> that has delis. American deli sandwiches, whatever you want to call it, but deli, traditional deli sandwiches, breakfast sandwiches, french fries. There's no fucking <laughs> other cuisine at this place, okay? So so this Jack Apple comes in and sees you got some, some Asian yes. people working. Yes. So clearly, yes. okay, yeah. So this is, I'm going to, I'm going to redo this. I'm going to, I'm going to recreate this exactly how it happened. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay, so what am I gonna have? Uh combos. You got bulgogi? 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 You got beef bulgogi? Bulgogi? You got bulgogi? He says it so many fucking times because no one is responding to him because it's just insane ramblings of somebody that just walked in and started yelling things. I am. And and here I am. I'm just like, in my mind, I'm already fucking annoyed at the world. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. I'm going to break you. Shut the fuck up. So the woman is is making my sandwich and has her back turned the gentleman is doing something else the younger guy is doing something else 
But it doesn't, he's not like, hi, how are you? I would like to order this thing. He's just saying shit. So now here's where I'm like, have they seen this guy before? Does he do this shit all the time? Is he like the fucking neighborhood prankster that comes in and says like this, ask him to have this Korean stuff knowing full well that they don't. I don't know. I don't want to get into it. So I'll continue. Oh, okay. There's more. Just like this. Bulgogi? You got bulgogi? Bulgogi. Bulgogi? You got bulgogi? Hey, you got bulgogi? At this point in time, I'm like, no, I'm going to lose my mind because these fuckers aren't doing anything. And I go, dude, I don't think they have it. He goes, nah, they're Korean. I was like, I'm going to break. I'm going to fucking smash somebody in the face. Wow. At this point in time, the older gentleman finally realizes that he's trying to order something. And he's like, he's like, oh, no, we don't like he's being really friendly. Yeah, and he's course. like, oh, no, we don't have it. Uh, uh, my wife makes a really good one, but we don't have it. I was just like, I'm going to fucking stab this fucker. Now, I don't know if he was just being an asshole or if he was coke to the tits. That's possible. But something was going on. Well, well one thing probably we should establish for those of our listeners who have not spent much time in Philadelphia is that it's not an uncommon transaction for somebody to walk into an establishment and just yell stuff. Mm, right, exactly. That's common. Yeah. Uh, one of, yeah, one of Jamie's favorite mm-hmm. experiences uh, was when she was working downtown and she walked into a Rite Aid and then another woman walked in behind her and said, yo, where's the milk at? And then just burst into tears. <laughs> See, that's something where I really want to find out what was going on. Like, why was it the milk that really made you upset? Of course. Yeah, we were also in Center City, which is, um, you know, for those folks listening that are not in Philadelphia, is the business district. It's where all of the big, you know, high rises are and everything. So it also wouldn't surprise me that this dude was just a fucking douche and just maybe was a douche and on cocaine and wanted bulgogi it took a lot of my strength to not do anything i would never do anything but i don't know on days like that where i'm already feeling a little on edge sometimes i'm not sure but i do daydream about it like punching people in the face what usually it's a lot more elaborate than that you get uh a bag of hers chips and hold it up in front of him so he looks at it and then punch him through the bag. Oh, that's a that's a good idea. I never think about wasting food that way, though. It's usually much more elaborate, like I shove them into traffic or there's sometimes a drop kick involved. Okay. It's just really weird. I kind of play out getting my anger out fantasies in my daydreams when I encounter shit, shit people like that. Yeah. You know, when I when I worked at the coffee shop, there was a handful of uh, regular customers that came in that I really did not like. And sometimes I would get through the transaction with them by just imagining me jumping over the counter and giving them a DDT directly into the glass case. (laughs) Oh, right on the championship belt. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Why are we so angry? I don't know. my, My anger has subsided a bit because i no longer work with the public so that's helpful yeah that's good um i think people are monsters yeah well i think part of it is i just can't stand that people like like, i i I consider myself a, a liberal person um but i actually really 
am conservative when it comes to like following the rules. Like I think they're there for a reason. Like when you walk into a restaurant, there is a menu for a reason. Not so you could just try to order beef bulgogi because you're an entitled prick. Mm -hmm. Or like when you go to the gym, sometimes they have those machines. Why, why are you using the machine in that way? Why does it look like you're fucking that weight machine? Just sit down and lift the weights in the direction that the things go and just get very upset by people just doing what they want. I, I mean, I, I agree crazy. with you. I think that at their best, rules are established to make society function smoothly mm, and yes, not fuck yes. it up for other people. It's like a, a, a social contract. We agree, okay, here are the rules. We're going to abide by them. Right. But yeah, you have a lot of people who think that mm. they are exempt from these rules for whatever reason. And See, I think you're giving people more credit. I don't think they think they're exempt. I don't think they think they fuck. I don't think they fucking care. They have a, a gut instinct that the rules aren't for them. They don't think about it. I don't think they even think about there being rules. I think they just do what they That's want. That's true. Ugh. Entitled pricks. You know, I didn't come to this episode feeling particularly angry, but now I think I am because I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about uh, some and driving related stuff. It's funny that you say that because that particular day I wasn't angry either, but I think Justin got me riled up by talking about driving stuff when we were driving to the gym. And then I got upset about people, or maybe I just got upset about people straddling the the machines at the gym. And also, like, now I'm 40 and I'm complaining about the way people use the machines <laughs> at the gym, and I, I might as well just fucking move to a cave somewhere. Yeah. What is the point? Or just let it go. I mean, I, I feel like the gym stuff is maybe not as big uh, as as egregious a a transgression if you will but i mean isn't it all subjective no i'd say that there are certain rules that are more important to follow like when you're merging but maybe the but maybe the gym isn't big in your life but i go well sometimes i go a couple times a week and it's just something I notice because I just watch people be idiots. But does it affect you? Josh, we're doing a fucking podcast about nonsense. Everything affects I'm trying me. To, I'm just trying to get to the root of this. I want to help you. I Let mean, me help you, Dennis. In the, grand scheme of, in the grand scheme of things, okay, yeah, probably doesn't uh, uh, affect me. But it upsets me because this is, this, this is the seed that turns into not knowing how to merge. First, you don't know how to fucking order off of a menu that is written in a language that you clearly understand and are not paying attention to. Yeah. And then you go to the gym and you fuck the machines and then you don't know how to merge. Now you make me scream at all these nice people listening to this podcast. The first and last, I I definitely agree with you. Fuck that dude. And also people who don't know how to merge. Like you see that there's a Mm. backup, right? You, You don't just wait until you get all the way up to the point where you absolutely have to merge and then just stop and then block traffic behind ah it's a fucking zipper like a zipper it's not hard it's not hard it's not hard that's the problem that is my problem with this shit is that it's just it's not hard to do that's, these things that's yeah but for some reason people just rally against that's it. the thing and not following these rules makes it harder for everybody well i i do actually have a lot of thoughts about this but they're probably not as funny. I have some theories and 
speculations that have been on my mind for several years. And I think it's the thing that kind of maybe gave us Trump, but that's probably for another podcast. You mean people like going so much against the rules that they voted for Trump? No, just I, I think the sense of American individualism that we have has become mm. poison at this point to the point where like it's only about me and fuck everyone else. I think it's it's kind of gotten to that point where like just because you can doesn't mean you should, you know? True, true, true. But I digress. That's yeah, that's not one. a funny thing to talk yeah. about right now. Let's not get political. I will say that I did hear Trump talking on the radio today. Oh, good. And he sounded like a shitty and mean Dr. Stephen Brule. <laughs> he does kind of have like a like a slurring like. Not I don't not drunk, but like has been drinking. Teeth don't quite fit in his mouth, kind of thing. Do you think he's wearing a skin suit? Ooh, maybe. Are, oh my god. Oh my god. Did he get did his it. money? Crack this fucker wide open. Is he wearing necro pants, but a full body necro pants suit? A, a necro suit. So you think he got his? Millions of dollars by constantly pulling coins from his quote-unquote coin purse. Yes. Which, I will have you know, I have come to my decision. Ooh, okay. Can we have a stinger, like a decision, like when we come to decisions? Like decision 96. When I'm, when I'm doing the but editing. it's just a decision between you and I. When I'm doing the editing, I'll, I'll see what I, could, what I could dig up. I really like to add to your... Uh, work when you do edit these these episodes my decision is that i have decided that i will not be flaying your skin from the waist down and wearing your skin as necro pants after you die just so that i can have endless commemorative coins coming out of your scrotum i apologize if that saddens you but but I have a consolation prize or a consolation decision for you. Okay, lay it on me. I will, after your death, have you stuffed and mounted in my home somewhere. That's not very realistic, Dennis. What, you don't think I'll, I will do it? I don't think you'll do it. Sure I will. I'm going to have you stuffed in your most favorite position. What's that? Uh, I on don't the know. toilet? Like... On the toilet. <gasps> I'll have your body turned into a toilet, and so I have to sit on your lap to go to the bathroom. All right. Now that I can get into. I, I give you my consent. I, Josh, give my consent to have <laughs> you turn me into a human toilet after I'm dead. Yes. Maybe I don't want to turn you into a human toilet. Is it legally binding if I have to bleep my name out? Uh, No, because just send me the master... And I won't, and then it won't be bleeped out. Okay, cool, cool. But what if I had you stuffed and mounted in a position that you've never been in before, like with a bow and arrow? N- like, n- n- I mean, I know you've used a bow and arrow before, but I mean, like in a position you're not known for. Ah, uh, uh, being successful. <laughs> oh. That's a good one. He got me. Uh, I'll have you like um, with this with like uh, a bunch of stacks of money and just going up. Yeah. like very very excited at your wealth. Just really knowing what I want and also having a plan to accomplish it. That, yeah, yeah, that would yeah, be a good one. yeah. 
Yeah. I like I like when we record an episode when we're feeling really good about ourselves. Yeah. And the world around us. Maybe hey, uh, having me uh, have just a normal conversation with a person that I don't know. There you go. And then you could when I die, you could have me at a party where I talk to strangers and not just the people I already know. Really? You don't talk to strangers at parties? Nah. No. I f- see, I feel like our dynamic was that you used to be the ambassador for our little unit. Mm-hmm. Because, you mm-hmm. know, we often went to a lot of parties as children. We often went to a lot of parties. Ah. Well, that's a bold-faced lie. We've been to parties together, but I don't want to say we've been to a lot as compared to some That's true. That's true. But in our younger days, we've definitely gone to a number of parties. For and sure. I felt like you were more social. See... It's all about perception. I was probably more social than you. Yes. But that's also like saying that I am thinner than Jabba the Hutt. Okay. This is... You know yeah, yeah. It's all about perception. They're, I am more social than you. Oh, they, for sure. Everything's relative, man. We also... Yeah, 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 yeah. We also spent a lot of parties in a corner, literally, talking to each that, other. That's my... And probably that's been my mo since yeah. I started going to parties in my teenage years. I think has find one or two people yeah, and probably and talking hide in the corner and only like exclusively talk to them and probably talking shit on people because we're insecure. Yeah, and exactly. We're we're insecure and horrible. Yeah, huh? Doing great now. Look at us. We got a podcast. Successful podcast. I have money. Hey, me too. In which to pay some bills yes and i have a hyundai with manual windows uh, you, you're keeping it old school you know classic if they, taste if they could see us now mm-hmm. well i don't you know i want to be able to uh, open the window without wasting electricity hmm. yeah that that's that's reasonable and sometimes i just want to I don't want that convenience of being able to put down any other window in the car other than the one right next to me. I want to have to reach over and do it. Yeah. You're just you're just hearing that coin purse jingle. All that money you're saving. Mm-hmm. Ching. Right? Because when you use electricity, you waste gas, right? Yes. Oh, God. I can't even lie to myself anymore. Well, Dennis, I love you very much for who you are. And you're a successful you. best friend. Hey, huh? With comments like that, I don't need anything else. Hey, you got all the wealth you need. This guy. (laughs) And by the way, uh, did you find out how much he would be worth then? Yes. So I did a little bit of research, and I found uh, someone uh, kind of broke it down. It's a a blog called Data Genetics, uh, and we could post a link to this. But this individual did all the math and broke down the human average human body into elements and the grand total is, I was very wrong. The grand total of your body's compo- elemental components is $160. And how much did you say? I said it was like $7, so I was wrong. Oh, but okay. I grossly underestimated uh, the going rate for potassium, because apparently there is $104 worth of potassium in a human body. Dude, I'm going to kill you for your potassium. Hey, man. Prices like that, I don't blame you. Hey, 160 bucks that really changed a guy's hey. life. When are you coming to visit it again? I don't know, but I've been eating a lot of bananas. I'm just kidding. But see, here's what I'm thinking, right? It's like the mirror on my uh, aforementioned, huh? 
still don't know that, how to say that word. Um, if the mirror on my previously mentioned Hyundai gets broken, that's like 150 bucks, right, for that whole piece. But my car altogether is probably only worth like $1,500. So I think you're worth more money as parts. This is true. And I, I think that blog post actually does talk about that a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess so. I, I think I saw that like if you broke down the organs and stuff, it could be worth up to $45 million. Yeah, Wait, the first what? line of this. So a body... According to a recent article oh, in Wired shit. magazine that they reference, uh, a body could be worth up to $45 million, calculated by selling bone marrow, DNA, lungs, kidneys, hearts, whatever. Oh, shit. But I don't, I don't know if you're going to get that much off of me, honestly. Well, well, you know, look, hey, hey, don't sell yourself short, buddy. Let, uh, let me be the judge of that. Well, look, you, you never smoked, so I'm sure your lungs are doing pretty good. I'm filling them with aluminum dust, though, at present. Yeah, but that's not enough. Like, it's not 30 years of aluminum dust. You're not an old coal miner. That's true. I do wear a respirator, too. Oh, so. see, there you go. Protect yourself. I'm on that PPE tip, baby. What's what? Oh, it's something us working people know. Uh, that's a personal protective equipment. Oh, uh, look at that you. That covers your respirators, your, your eye protection, ear protection. I wear a cup every day. Does that count? Yeah, you know. You wear a cup. Is it to keep your uh, coin purse intact? Hey, yo. I'm really not comfortable with the amount of times we talk about coin purses on this uh, on this show. That's fine. Uh, well, I, I actually... <laughs> I would like to address something that we also mentioned last episode. Ooh, updates. Uh, updates. This is the, the unfolding saga of our friend Jim... Who, as you may remember, several episodes back, I mentioned that he is a Criminal Minds fan. And he told us in no uncertain terms that he is not. That he hasn't watched the show in a very long time. But I still feel like I've heard him talk about Criminal Minds a whole lot. But we did receive some some, uh, correspondence, some eyewitness. Before you continue, do we want to release the name of our informant? Hmm... That's a good question. This is a tough one because if we're, you know, going to turn this into some kind of investigative journalism, don't we have to kind of keep our, uh, our like, you know, sources safe? Yes. I know. I know I, Jim okay, can get I violent, so I don't want him to. He, yeah, he's a, a very, very violent individual. I don't want any retribution to come. Matter of fact, person. one of the first times we really spent time together, I, I watched him punch a hole through the crotch of his shorts. That's right, I did too. It's fascinating. <laughs> I says to myself, I says, that's a guy I can hang out with. <laughs> that's a guy I can see myself spending time with 20 years from now. Yep, here we are. So this hot tip came in from, let's call them Comrade Joe. <laughs> wow. Great job. <laughs> definitely. Definitely hidden there. Uh, f- friend of the hosts and friend of the show, Comrade Joe. Mm-hmm. who says Jim fucking watched a lot of Criminal Minds over the years don't believe the hype wife and I can 100% cor- corroborate this reality uh, wow. wife that was you know right insert name here jo- Joan let's say wife Joan <laughs> Joan Joan 
Comrade Joe and Joan. Definitely doesn't give it away. <laughs> I, you know, I will. I'd like to put this out there. If Jim, friend of the show, would like to come onto the show and defend himself, I open the invitation. I I do as well. Mm. I maybe we can have a debate. Ooh. Yeah, if he wants to come on, Jim, get at us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hit us up on Twitter. I, I, I have some more legwork I want to do on this developing case. So I can't wait to see what this turns out to be. Go ahead. Go. Dennis. Yes. I got a new segment for you. Here we go. Welcome to Cryptid Country. Seventy-five different segments, and they're all basically the same. So yeah, I wanted to talk about one of the earliest cryptids that I was fascinated with as a child: the the Dover Demon. <laughs> There's a reason you said Dover in the Delaware accent. Yes, yes. Okay. Because this happened in Dover, Massachusetts. But as a kid, the only Dover that I knew was Dover, Delaware. Of course. So it's the the Dover Demon. That Dover, as our friends. To the south would say mm. um are you, are you familiar with the dover demon i have never heard of the dover demon you've never heard of it no really it was one of the big ones when i was young and like getting all the monster books i could find yeah it was definitely a big one so I'll, i guess i'll just dive right into it here and learn you about this yeah please teach me so let's set the scene april 21st 1977 while driving with two friends a 17 year old named william bartlett claimed to see a three-and-a-half to four-foot-tall figure with large glowing eyes and tendril-like fingers on top of a broken stone wall in Dover, Massachusetts, which is kind of like a, a suburb of Boston, I believe. It's a bit of a, a rural area, kind of heavily wooded. So William Bartlett claimed that the creature turned its head to look at him, and it had two round lidless eyes shining like two orange marbles. Uh, it had a watermelon-shaped head that he said was almost as large as the rest of its body. Its body was thin and very spindly with long arms and legs, and it its skin was hairless, peach-colored, and had a texture like wet sandpaper. Ew. So on that same evening, there was a 15-year-old named John Baxter who was walking home from his girlfriend's house. And I think after he'd been walking for about a half hour or so, he was near the woods, a figure approached him. He thought it was, now I've heard different accounts here. He thought it was, I've heard it was said that it was a friend of his that lived in a neighborhood. But also I heard that there was just a kid that lived in the neighborhood that had had some kind of a, a problem and had a misshapen head. So I, I don't know. I, I couldn't find any anything. So he thought it was this kid that he knew, I guess. So he called out to this shape, and then it scurried off into the woods. So Baxter decided, hey, I'm going to follow this thing into the woods, uh, which was a bold move on this kid's part. Yeah, really, fuck that. So he followed. The light wasn't great, but he got a glimpse of a silhouette of something near a tree. It was about 30 feet away. He said its feet were molded around the top of a rock near a tree. And he also said that it was dark, but he could see light colors where the eyes would be. Also described it as like an orange color. Mm-hmm. So the following night, there was another 15-year-old by the name of Abby Brabham. Brabham? Brabham. Sure. Brabham. Sure. Uh, she was getting a ride home from her boyfriend, Will Tainter, and she saw this creature while they were in the car. Uh, her boyfriend 
caught a glimpse of it, but he didn't get as good of a look as Abby did. Abby went on to describe the creature as looking somewhat similar to the, the creature that was seen the previous night, but this creature had green eyes for whatever reason. Hmm. Now, the interesting thing about this case is that if you scroll down, you'll see that I included the original sketches that they all did. Yeah, that shit looks freaky deaky. Of the creature. Yeah, I, I think these images have just haunted me over the years. Not haunted me, just, just stayed with me very much, especially the first one. The last one, maybe not so good. Kind of looks like a wiener dog. Yeah, that's bad. Abby was not as good of an artist as William Bartlett and John Baxter. Hers kind of reminds me, did you ever see that movie Extro? No. Like British kind of sci-fi horror movie about aliens. I don't know. There's a little man on four legs that runs around. Looks a little bit like that. So, yeah, this is a creepy looking thing. It doesn't have a mouth or a nose. And it was also said that these sightings took place, if you plotted them on a map, they all occurred within a straight line. Kind of interesting. So some corollary information on this, supplemental information on this. There's a, a, a noted cryptozoologist named Lauren Coleman. He's, he's one of the big names in the field who actually runs the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine. Where I have been. I know. I was thinking that you've been there. Did you meet him while you were there? I am assuming he was the person working there. No, he may. I don't okay. think so. Okay. Well, Coleman takes credit for coining the name Dover Demon. He, I think, was in the area at the time and spoke to someone at a shop who recounted the tale of the, the series of sightings. And the, the shop worker mentioned that, the, that the, the witnesses drew pictures and he asked if there was any way he could see these pictures. So he returned a day later and they were there. So he, he dove into it. So he did a lot of the initial reporting on these sightings. Uh, so he has a, a really interesting claim that was published in a newspaper in the around this this same time, I think, a few months afterwards. He claims that while he was investigating this case, about two months after the sightings happened, two strange men showed up at his place of work. I think he was uh, in graduate school at the time, and the place where he was working, uh, he was the director for a home for boys with emotional issues or whatever. Hmm. He wasn't there. But there, uh, the woman working there said that these guys showed up asking about him if he was around. Uh, they were clad in black leather jackets, had white motorcycle helmets on that they didn't take off, kept their arms very stiff at their sides the whole time, and spoke in a monotone. They claimed that they were from, they were investigators for National Geographic. Hmm. So the woman there gave them Coleman's information, but he says that they never got in touch with him. And... He also says that apparently they told the woman uh, that they need to stop talking about the Dover Demon. Hey, Josh. Yes. If anybody ever shows up anywhere asking you questions about me, please don't tell them where I live. I would not do that to you. That's like that's like rule number one and like some sketchy is going on here. Especially if I knew there were the men in black, such as these guys. I mean, whatever they were, that's just that's just creepy. Yeah. So that that's. An interesting thing. I don't I don't know the veracity of that. I did see a scan of the article, but it was actually so small that I couldn't actually read anything. Oh good. So yeah, I don't I don't know how legit that was or not. So that was it for the sightings of the Dover Demon. Uh there were two other ones in the area, I think. Uh it was one of the the 
the two boys that saw it, either William Bartlett or John Baxter, claimed that a couple of years later they were out fishing by a pond and saw a small figure in the woods but didn't get a good enough look at it. And one of them also claimed that they were uh, making out with a, a lady friend in their car and felt something hit the side of the car and then they saw a shape scurry away. Uh, but they said it could have been a kid. So that that's it as far as the sightings go. So it, it's really interesting to me that this has become such an enduring myth, enduring yeah. creature, because it, it was just these three sightings. But it's really weird. It's, it's a creepy one, for sure. So there are some theories on what this could have been. One of the ones that I read about that seemed pretty interesting was that it was simply a baby moose. Hmm. Which, if you see them, they're small, they're close to the to the right color, they're kind of a tannish color, and they have very gangly, weird limbs. Yeah, looking at I, that I, picture, I, I was like, picture. I yeah. didn't know that's what a baby moose looks like. Yeah, yeah, they're very strange looking. And there's a an article that I, I couldn't find a copy of it, but there's an article called Demon Moose, uh, written by a, a skeptic named Martin Kottmeyer. But I did include an image here, and we could include this one on the social medias after this. He did kind of like a, it, he made a high contrast image of a picture of a baby moose from a, a nature book, uh, the Animal Life Encyclopedia. And that's a weird looking fucking creature. Yeah, right really. There. Yeah. I see that. I, I, mean, clearly, I see the similarities. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, some of the issues with this and Lauren Coleman is very critical of this explanation is that I think moose are not found in that immediate area for starters. And it was also the wrong time of year for a moose of that size to be around. Uh, normally, when, when moose are born, it's earlier. And at this point, I think they are normally grown much larger. They're a few hundred pounds at, at that time of year, normally, like a yearling. You know, I mean, one of the, the explanations I've heard the most is that it was an alien because this thing bears a, a, close, a somewhat close resemblance to, to typical descriptions of gray aliens. Other than the fact that this thing isn't gray and has the weird fingers and prehensile toes and stuff. But the one issue with this is that unlike a lot of other gray sightings, uh, there were no accompanying UFO sightings in the area at that time. One of the other ones that you know is always one of my personal favorites. Uh, it was suggested that perhaps this thing was a fairy, some kind of a, a fey being in the woods. And Lauren Coleman actually had uh, something to say about this. Not far from where the sightings all took place, uh, I think they all took place within a few miles of each other, there's a large geologic formation in the woods that's called the Polka Stone. Hmm. And Coleman points out that this sounds somewhat similar to Puka Stone. And a Puka is a mischievous fairy found in wooded, wooded areas, uh, also known as a will-o'-the-wisp in some, some places, uh, which are known for having glowing lights that will often lead people into the forest to get lost. Those bastards. They are some bastards. And if, you, if you're looking for more information like that, everybody, I highly recommend The Encyclopedia of Fairies by Catherine Briggs, who is uh, one of the, the best uh, folklore collectors of fairies. And it's an awesome book. If you're interested in weird shit like that, get that book. It's essential. Anyway, uh, so another one that kind of ties into a, a similar theme is that this could potentially be a creature called the Managishi. Hmm. So what that is, it's a creature from Cree folklore 
and the, the Cree said that the Manigishi are a group of diminutive trickster people. They have six fingers uh, with very thin, long arms and legs and large heads. And also some, some stories said that they had no noses. So one of the issues you have with that, of course, is that the Manigishi are not, they're said to congregate near water. And I don't know if these sightings took place right near water or not. I know there's water in the area. There's a river not too far away, but I think these all took place on land. So there's that one. Um, and so the Manigishi is a variation of a creature that a lot of uh, First Nations tribes, I think the Algonquin had one. There's a list of like six or seven different tribes that had similar creatures to this. A lot of these tribes were also, you know, in, in the northeastern part of the United States, also in Canada. And I found a really interesting cryptid that I've never heard about uh, that was connected to this. The Algonquin version of this creature is known as the Memeguesi. Hmm. Um, pretty, which pretty similar. Yeah, very definitely very similar. And they, they describe it as a, a much like a hairier creature. But I found out about something called the Toronto Tunnel Monster, which was witnessed in Toronto in 1979 by a gentleman that was, I think he was fostering some kittens and one of the kittens disappeared from his apartment. So he went looking for it uh, and found kind of like a, a entrance to a sewer tunnel, went in and saw a creature that was thin with a big head, long spindly arms and legs, but it was covered in fur and it hissed at him. Go away, go away. No, I don't like that. And the dude fucking freaked out and ran away. That was the only sighting I could find of the Toronto Tunnel Monster. There's some some cool drawings of it online if you look it up. But yeah, that was just the one that I came across that I got a kick out of. <laughs> now I think because it hissed at him. Yeah, of course. And definitely wasn't just a dude living in the tunnel. Um, is the Manigishi anything like the Green Manilishi? You know, I was singing that song to myself. Of course. Yeah. The, the Judas Priest version. I've never actually heard the Fleetwood Mac version. Yeah, I, I don't think I have either. Oh, okay. The green Manigishi with the two-pronged crown. Nice. All right, I like it. Let's Let's change it up. So one of the other ones that I came across, I did that research that I think keeps everybody coming back to this. I sat down last night at about close to 11 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And watched an episode of The Lost Tapes. <laughs> you do the work that other people don't have time to do. Exactly. Uh, I found an episode. We can maybe put a link up to this on the Facebook page or something. To the episode of The Lost Tapes featuring the Dover Demon. Now, The Lost Tapes, we've, we've discussed it, I think, in the past. Maybe when we were talking to our friend Ryan, because she and I are big fans of this. It was a, a series that aired on Animal Planet, I think. Mm-hmm. Got about two seasons, and what you had was a fusion, like a hybrid of a found footage horror film and a show about cryptids. So it was really poorly acted footage of people encountering stuff like the Dover Demon, the Jersey Devil, Strigoi, I think, like a Russian vampire, you Mm. know, a a whole host of weird creatures. Uh, Very poorly acted with very, very bad special effects, kind of like a very short, like a 15 minute horror movie yeah i think i I think i mentioned before that that cryptozoological museum uh that lauren uh what's his name um runs lauren coleman lauren coleman runs has some props from the show as part of their collection 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was definitely involved in that as one of the preeminent cryptozoologists. You know, he was all over that show. So yeah, I watched the show. I highly recommend it if you're into stuff like this and you haven't seen that show because it's equal parts bad horror movie, equal parts interviews with assorted experts and history about whatever cryptid they're discussing. Uh, it's, it's pretty good stuff. But they talked to a, a biological anthropologist on this episode, a woman named Jessica Lynch Alfaro. And they talked to her about, you know, hey, what, what could this creature have been? And she said, you know, obviously the closest thing it resembles is some sort of a primate. So she suggested it, it could have been an escaped exotic pet. And she, she said that in the animal world, if she had to do a, a, a survey of things that could potentially be this, if, if somebody were to encounter it, encounter it on a dark night, she pointed out that somebody could probably easy, easily mistake a slow loris for a Dover demon if they encountered one in the night because they have you seen these before? Yeah, but I thought they were smaller. They yeah, they definitely are smaller, but they have very crazy looking long fingers and prehensile toes. Mm. And they they have very very big reflective eyes as well. You know, not saying that that's necessarily what was out there, but that's a thing that people could discover. And I I actually did a little research and found out that slow lorises have venom that could kill a person. Like by biting them? Yeah. Their venom gland is actually in their armpit and they lick it. And then when it combines with their saliva, it actually activates it and makes it poisonous. So their bite, if they've done that, could be lethal to a human being. There's that. I I read about a woman who almost died from it. She was like a a biologist or something. That's crazy. Um, And they also will spread this venom onto their young to protect them from predators which i thought was kind of nuts because they're these like really cute very slow moving creatures with giant eyes so it's really interesting to hear that they have venom that could kill a person so yeah last of course uh there's the theory that this whole thing was a hoax police told the associated press right after the sightings kind of became national news international news uh, they said that they, and I quote, uh, were probably nothing more than a school vacation hoax. <laughs> is that a the thing? Old school vacation what, hoax. What is, like to get to go on vacation from school? No, I think I think this took place probably right around the spring break time, you know, like ah. around around Easter break or whatever for school. The kids get all bored on their spring break, so they got to make up a hoax about a exactly, monster. Exactly, exactly. They got to make up the Dover Demon. And so this, I mean, that's, in my opinion, probably the most likely is that these people made it up. You know, they're teenagers. They're fucking around. Yeah. A lot of people said that they didn't know each other, but some of them did, I think. I think John Baxter maybe knew William Bartlett or something because they compared notes allegedly. I'm like, oh, my God, I saw that, too. But, I mean, it seems likely to me that only three or four people saw this thing. All of them happen to be teenagers. Yeah, I find it interesting that that you know you said this is one of like the bigger cryptids, and yet yeah. there were only like three sightings. Three sightings over the course of two days. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing that's really interesting to me about it is that it did become kind of a worldwide phenomenon. Like if you find any, this happened in seventy seven. If you find any books on the paranormal between the late seventies to the eighties, like I came across this thing dozens of times in various books like that that i was reading when i was a kid yeah it's and it's it's become a part of the 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 popular culture i guess uh you know it showed up all over the place there was a 
the Dover Demon was a recurring character in a comic book that I liked called Proof. That was sort of like a a, a group of uh, paranormal entities that fought other paranormal entities. So, oh, weird. Yeah, there was the main guy was a, a Bigfoot. He was John Proof was his name. Uh, hmm. And the Dover Demon was a part of that team. And it was this kind of weird little creature that had prophetic visions. Just like people in Dover do. Yeah. Dover. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. This is one of those ones. Yeah. Like, it's really funny what an impact it made on me because I thought about this thing a lot when I was a kid. I was, like, always scared that I would see it. In my head, I knew that Dover, Delaware was not that far from southern New Jersey. So, I was like, oh, man, it could come up here. <laughs> Before you figured out it was hundreds of miles away hundreds of miles away yeah yeah i mean so it's interesting this thing that as meant a lot to me as a kid coming back and looking at it i'm like oh wow it's just based on this questionable testimony from from three kids well it's funny how things can blow up just from like a couple sightings and and some freaked out kids yeah absolutely Hmm. well now we know about the dover demon yeah so do you do you feel like your life has changed now because of it? I'm gonna lock my doors. Yeah, lock fucking lock my windows. Creepy ass thing. Come mold its feet onto ba- your coin purse. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> On that note, <laughs> I think it's about. Got? I think it's about time to end this call. You, do you mean? I think that's about all the time we have for this call. Exactly. Are you trying well, to change change the sign off, Dennis? Well, I'm trying to. I, I was trying to make that one a little more aggressive. Oh, okay. Well, hey, hey, watch your coin purse. Yeah, be careful of that day redeeming. Ew, I'm giving him. Go Eagles! Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Friend Simulator. Send us an email at joshanddennis at gmail.com. That's Dennis with one N. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Friend Simulator. And thanks to Alan for the theme music. Listen to his podcast, Werewolf Ambulance, and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Also, thanks to Justin for the artwork. See more of his stuff at burntobuild.com. That's all the time we have for this outro. Bye. Bye.